0: Welcome to My Hometown Artist Podcast. We talk about showing up authentically on social media as an artist, creative, or right-brained entrepreneur so you can do what you love. I'm your host, Hannah. I'm here to help you find self-growth, expand your work, and have more fun trying new things. We stay curious and focus on being solution-driven. Let's get to it. First of all, tell me um, how you became someone who paints these things, because they're gorgeous. I love the, the, like, the ones of the human body that you do. Can you tell me how you yeah, started to do that? I
1: guess that's kind of a, um, it's a long story. I'll try to make it concise. Then mm-hmm. we're short on time. but uh, I, So I've been a professional artist since 2017, but I have a bachelor's of studio arts in um, what well, my primary focus was figure drawing. And a little bit of sculpture. Um, so I was drilled with figure drawing classes, just four hours of just drawing a pose for like five, five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes, an hour, and just you're just stuck in there with a piece of charcoal and paper, and you're just drawing like, figures over and over, and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so that practice has led me to like have like a pretty good understanding of the human body. Um, and so I try to incorporate that as much in my pieces because I do find it to be the most fascinating thing to draw. So I've been working with figurative art since probably the start of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but this series in particular that I'm calling my kind of like breakout series, the, the intimacy series, uh, really started when my wife and I moved from California up to Seattle. Um, prior to moving up to Seattle, we had like, roommates and we lived in like a giant house with a bunch of people and so there was like not a lot of privacy going on but Mm -hmm. then when we moved up here we finally got our own place Um, and I had simultaneously like lost the studio space that I had in California so Mm -hmm. I had to like condense my studio into a small painting like space inside of our apartment that's already small Mm -hmm. Um, and so the series kind of just started with my personal life kind of crossing into my painting life and they just kind of melded I did not expect it to take off I did not expect people to like resonate with it as much as they have but I mean that's just the game you know you never know what what people are going to resonate with as long as you just continue to put out work
0: yeah that's beautiful I mean just like personally my work in the past has been also based off of like like actually have a connection with someone The the word is like intimacy that was the core word of a lot of my work too and that is is my favorite topic because it's something that's the hardest thing to talk about for me and like just based on a lot of people's opinions it sounds like it's something that's difficult for a lot of people to talk about just like the ins and outs of what it feels like to be Uh, you know kind of a mesh with someone else Mm -hmm. and I I thought that your paintings were so gorgeous they were such a beautiful example of like those moments that are so diverse of like connecting with someone and what that feels like because we can describe it but it's it's so much better to look at a painting like one of yours to talk about it and to help you to help you process like oh yeah I'm getting really close to a person and there comes with like a lot of Uh, anxiety that comes with that. There's a lot of uh confusion if it's like your first time doing that. It's like, how do I navigate this world that someone means so much to me? And I, I think that your your paintings are a perfect example of what it feels like to go through that. And congratulations on the grant that you got from the state of Washington. Is that right? You got a grant from them for your show.
1: I did. Thank you. That was a big deal for me. That was the first like big grant I'd received as an artist. Yeah. I remember in college like them kind of walking us through like different avenues of, re- of revenue that as an artist you're going to have to produce I remember grants were like a big part of that but I had never ventured into that realm um okay. and, until very recently so I was I was grateful for that it was it was a large grant um and Washington is such a great state for artists it really is like I've been mm-hmm. here a year and I've already had probably three three times as much opportunities to like exhibit my work show my work um, in this state as, than I did in like the five years I lived in California granted three of those years were during the pandemic so that's like a weird time
0: right yeah that's so great though congratulations on doing that because it's something that a lot of artists yeah they don't know how to do that I feel like I, I want to throw another question at you which is since you went to a school focused on art is that right a, a art focused degree
1: well i had an art focused degree i went to a liberal arts college i went to college in charleston in south carolina right. um, but my degree okay. was in studio art
0: okay i would love to know um if you what kind of education you got about marketing yourself or about storytelling or your work or or getting those opportunities what kinds of classes did you have about that if you had any
1: zero (laughs) okay that's what most people say yeah i i learned a lot of skills in terms of um, technical drawing skills which are great like i I don't regret um spending as much time as i did like honing my craft i guess um but yeah there's at least when i went to school which i'll show my age and say that i graduated in 2014 um it wasn't a lot around like marketing or and even like social media wasn't even really that big of a thing like Instagram was like just now becoming a thing when I was in college
0: mm-hmm. um and
1: we were still posting like pictures of our breakfast for some reason <laughs> we thought that was yeah. interesting um yeah like social media wasn't a thing, so there wasn't any classes on that marketing as an artist was like kind of looked down on when I went to college. like you weren't supposed to market yourself you were right. supposed to let like the galleries or like you know whatever do it It, it's the world has changed drastically from in just that short amount of time from 2014 to
0: now yeah I think that that might be I don't I'm not an expert on this and my training was not studio focused so I don't know that experience but I feel like in general there's kind of like an old way of approaching making an artistic career which is very you let others speak on your behalf and you let others decide what is of value and what should be bought or looked at. And I think that that galleries offer a lot of opportunities and that's great to display your work and let others speak for it. But a lot of the times the, the artists that I work with kind of are going to a phase where they're relearning that that's not the only way you have to do it because if like, I don't see a good enough reason to not advocate for yourself, if that's your what you want to do with your life, and that's how you want to make your career, then I don't see like a good enough reason to not talk about it yourself and to post about it. But it does feel weird. It feels weird because what, like what other careers like that where we just sit back and let someone else decide what our worth is usually. So it's yeah. very uncomfortable. It
1: yeah. is It is super uncomfortable. And I I've read like a lot in terms of like, like what it takes to, to be an artist. And I'm like, I've read a lot of literature, a lot of books. I, I'm happy to like drop some, some books that I would recommend oh, yeah. if you, you would like that list at the end. Totally. Um, but one thing that kept popping up as I was reading through some of these books was, um, if the opportunities aren't there, you need to make your own opportunity. And so there's like a lot of people there are examples that are given, um, that are basically, Like if a gallery is not accepting your work, then make the gallery essentially. Mm -hmm. And so that was like when I wrote this grant, that's what I was attempting to do is like I have a solo show. I have 17 pieces of work that I think tell one story and I want to show them all at once. Um, So that's why I wrote that grant. Mm -hmm. And like I couldn't, I was new to the area. I didn't have a lot of connections. So I couldn't just approach like my gallery that represents me because I didn't have one. Um, and be like hey I want to show this this is my solo show so I have to go out and like find the revenue and find a place and find like a time to create that and I think Mm -hmm. that that is something that a lot lot of artists should look into if the opportunities are seemingly not there for you make one
0: yeah that's that's what I got from the posts that were inspiring me a lot that you posted was you just went out and did it. And I love that so much. It's it's kind of scary to say, to impose to the world and say like, yes, this is exactly what my art is doing. And you don't need to know all the answers. That's what makes people uncomfortable, right? They're like, I gotta, I gotta say what my art is, who it's for, and what its place is in the world. But you really don't have to. You just need to know what the story is and the before and after of like what it's like to interact with it. And you can leave up all other details to the the audience because that's what a back and forth is is like even when, when someone comments on one of your videos they're interpreting it and that's fine that's how it should work and I I would love to ask you because I know that some artists listening to this are preparing for their own shows that they are doing for the first time do you have advice for time management specifically for artists because that is the biggest thing I hear is that that's the problem with social media or with any kind of action. So what advice would you have for having great time management to prepare for something like that?
1: I'll answer that threefold. I'll give you three pieces that I think all tie together. Um, The first is that Excel sheets or like Google sheets, if you can keep that, do that. And if you're not good at them, get someone to help you because they just organize your life so much better and you can put timestamps on and you can add as many tabs as you need to for what's going on. And if you're going to make one or if you're going to have someone make one for you, you need to go back and be updating it and checking it. And if you're not, if you haven't looked at your spreadsheet, particularly if, you're, if it's about a show that you're putting on in like a week, then that's too long. You need to be updating it right. like daily, at least every other day. Um, that's what I did for my show. I had like, you know, I planned it out like months in advance. I had like, this is my budget sheet. This is my like painting inventory sheet. This is my time management sheet. I need these things done by these dates. And if I didn't get them done by those dates, I made sure to update those dates. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that was a big one is making sure you have some place where like we're all artists and we're pretty much all visual in some degree or another, someplace where you can see it all. Mm-hmm. Um, the second piece of advice I would give is to cheat. Um, mm-hmm cheat as much as you can like you don't need to reinvent the wheel every single opportunity like i know it is your work it is like and you you have you have a lot of control over like what gets said particularly if you're producing your own show um but chat gpt is free and like if you're anything like me and i know what i want to say but putting it in a paragraph is not always easy for me gpt can do it for you so cheat when you can like when it comes to press releases um artist statements ours bios even chat g p t will you can put it all all the information you want in there, and all it's gonna do is just add the like periods and the commas and the like all the little things that would take me hours to do,
0: yeah, you know? yeah and that's good like lie.
1: i'm I'm definitely not the only one that has a hard time with like artist statements and ours bios like you can Google how to write an artist statement yeah. and you're gonna get. Hundreds of pages of resources because artists struggle with this all the time. So yeah, cheat. yeah. use yeah. the tools available. Like AI is a contentious subject, but I mean it can help you if you want it to help you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like if we don't use it, then we're just going to be doing a lot of busy work that's not necessary. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean that's the first question I ask before I work with someone is like, what's your what's your artist bio? What's the mission statement? What are you standing for? And I noticed that there, there's a big gap between like an artist who's have who's had a statement for a while and like they haven't really worked on it. And then there's an artist who like has nothing. And there's kind of like a lack of like keeping an updated bio because you're like, oh, I have to reinvent it every time. It's like, if you can, you know, use a tool to just re reimagine it for you and help you use your voice, like you can ask, you know, uh, please... P- please maintain these important factors in my artist bio to the tool and it will help you slowly like start to sound like you and I love that we don't have to spend time doing that because it's not fun to try to make a full sentence it's really hard to do that <laughs> like, yeah
1: I I'm I'm notorious for run-on sentences like if if I could just make every paragraph one sentence I probably would
0: yeah um, yeah and
1: and so like I remember w- Prior to AI, like having to write an artist statement or an artist bio and spending like a full week on it and then sending it over to my buddy who's a teacher and I'd be like, hey, can you look over this and, and he'd send it back with just right. like everything crossed. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a comma this needs a, and, and, and like, it was just such a mess and it would take me weeks. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, cheat when you can, AI is there, it's there it's there to help. And you can personalize it. Like you can keep adding info into it. You just don't have to be the one adding the commas, adding the period, putting in the right. transition words, all that stuff, you know?
0: Right, yeah. And I, I saw on your page that you were promoting that. And then you had um, one video that was like a deep dive into the project you're talking about why you made it. And then there was a few that were just like your process and showing the pieces. And I'm wondering, in your opinion, because you're on your page every day and interacting with your followers, what do you think is is the content that's resonating the most with your followers? Because we can see, you know, the ones that get more engagement or the likes, but comments are really interesting to me. And DMs also are something that you might be getting that I don't know about. So what do you think is working really well on your page right now to talk about the show?
1: I think so. There's I don't have an exact formula for it, but I try at least once a week to put out a video that is actually me talking to people mm-hmm. um, and is actually and those videos are not geared towards becoming viral or geared towards like promoting my stuff. It's me just like talking to my audience. And those videos might get 200 to 400 views, but that's fine because all 200 to 400 of those views are people that follow me and engage with me and like my stuff and like want to hear from me. Mm -hmm. Um, And all the other stuff that I'll put on there is like following trends or maybe it was a catchy song or I just hadn't posted in a while. So I'll I'll just upload some content just to keep it it going and get new eyes. But I try at least once a week to post something where I am genuinely just talking to my followers and talking to the people that support me. And I find Mm -hmm. that that seems to be a, the, a good balance mm-hmm. and those videos yeah. tend to resonate the most with like I said the people that are genuinely behind me like the, my actual supporters
0: right yeah I, I've had a period of time too where I just didn't have time to do that and I could see that I mean my followers were wondering like probably they weren't thinking about me specifically but like by the time I posted another video they're probably like where you've been, like what you've been up to. And I had all these things to say, and therefore it did really good. So that was like my first lesson when I started posting my face was if you have like moments to share, sit down and look and talk to the camera and talk about it. And when you're busy and when you're working, you know, you can make shorter content, you can make short clips uh, and story posts and things like that. That's kind of uh, my rule is, you know, when you have things to say and you want to talk about them, talk about it, but don't leave people hanging for too long, because yeah. then we have no idea. Like, are you even still like, what, what are you up to? I mean, there's probably people who are, all 200 of those followers are waiting for an update. Like, or if they're in the area, they're waiting to hear uh, about how the process has been. And I also saw on your page that you had a post where you put um, the price of. Your painting just directly on it. It was just a few seconds. You're like, this is what it costs. And that's something that a lot of people have different opinions about. Different artists are, you know, I absolutely would or wouldn't do that. And most of the time they don't do that. So I would love to know your thoughts on why you decided to do that. And if you found that it was helpful in gaining leads or, you know, more inquiries for certain pieces, how. How did you decide to do that, to have the price of the piece?
1: I would love to tell you that I thought this out very logically and I put (laughs) all these pieces together, but honestly, I did it on a whim. Um, But I think that I was able to do that because I'm at a place with my career and my prices um, where I don't feel any sort of external pressure about my prices. I set the price Mm -hmm. because that's how much I told you it was worth and that's how much I can get away with selling it for. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, as the creator, have that right. Where I, How I got to that place was I also offer prints. Um, mm. So I have prints of, of various sizes that range from like $35. And then I also do like cliche canvas prints that um, can be up to $200. So like the price mm. point is there for anybody that wants to argue with the original being that much. Um, but my originals are the price that I say they are. And that's just the way it goes. Um, and you, and if you don't like that price, then again, I have other options for you. Um, but I think that, that it's taken me a long time to get to that place where I feel very secure when I put a price on a painting of just being that price. Um, and I think that a lot of artists go through a journey of getting to that place. I'm comfortable, uh, comfortable enough in my career to say that that's where I'm at now. Um, as far as like, it has, it led to more leads I don't know that that's entirely true. It hasn't like decreased my leads by any by any means, right. but I feel like most most of the money that I make as an artist is going to be off of prints. Um, just like prints sell, prints pay most of my bills, um, and I try to limit my prints so that way I do like twenty five of each painting on a smaller print. I'll do five canvas prints of each of each piece, um, and so I'm creating my own kind of scarcity there in the market because I don't want to mm. just oversaturate the entire market with that stuff because then that does make my originals worthless if I'm just right. oversaturating the market with that.
0: Right. That's a really good point. And the the general the general framework that I have told people is I I agree with putting pricing on most all services or creative products um or even just non-creative things. Just things in general, I I like that approach to it. And that's what I recommend with the With the exception of if you are just beginning, like someone who is not as far along as you, who hasn't, you know, formulated their voice or their shop or their business plan, or hasn't been doing this for a little while, I say don't do that. Because what happens is when you're beginning, and you probably experience this too, you have a lot more imposter syndrome. And you don't really know, like, what is your income coming from prints? Is it coming from a service-based thing is it live based you don't know how to price that so if you don't 100 percent feel very confident and you can back up like your pricing however you want to back it up of your your reasoning and you know your worth then i would say don't do that yet because then it becomes a game of of trying to appease people and you're like trying to grow but people won't let you grow and that's that's kind of my special advice for people in creative fields But I agree with that. I think that you should use it um, and say your price anytime because your prints are worth it. And that's what people are willing to pay. So that's why I love when people put their prices in their posts. One of my favorite posts are the ones of yours that are like you and I'm guessing your partner. is if That's the person it's based off of. And they look like they're a little bit, like they're sensitive imagery right they're like intimate moments so my question for you is and i have my own anger against the algorithm i would love to know if you have found trouble with censorship or with posting on different platforms Uh, i have heard different opinions from different artists on different platforms with posting sensitive content so what has your experience been has it been okay have you like had any trouble with that or is it in smooth
1: it's been probably the most frustrating thing about my relationship with social media has been the the uh the censorship i will yeah. say i'm going to give credit to tiktok um that like sometime last year they updated their uh their censorship policies or their community guideline policies to include artistic practice mm-hmm. um and it's like in their language now whereas it didn't used to be even just a year ago um, and that has significantly improved, like my videos getting, not being taken down, but yeah, for a mm. long time, like every time a video would start to gain traction on TikTok of mine, if it had even like a half of a nipple in it, it would get <laughs> on, like, okay. even though it's like very clearly a painting. Like I'm not that good of a painter to where it's like a realistic, like, nipple. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'm not painting like photo realism or anything. It's very clearly artwork. Right. Um, so that was super, super frustrating. It has not been so bad um, very recently since they made that update. But every now and then, yeah, video will get taken down of mine
0: yeah, on
1: TikTok, at least. Uh, Instagram's been pretty chill about the whole thing. They, they, they've not taken down any of my stuff. Um, okay. But now what I try to do with TikTok, knowing that they have specific guidelines for art and artistic purposes, is I try to make it very clear in every single one of my videos that this is... A painting. I try to show like me actually painting on the canvas. I try to right. show like a backed up shot of the whole canvas as opposed to just a crop photo of the image. Mm-hmm. Um and all of that seems to be working. I haven't had a video taken down in a while, knock on wood. Um yeah. but yeah that, that was a super frustrating point um early in early in my like TikTok adventuring is right. that any video yeah. I posted that started to get any sort of traction would just get taken down.
0: I've noticed that, too. I, I've seen the um, the STEM-specific a specific feed for TikTok, which they released, where you can basically go into the settings and say, I want to see science, technology, uh, engineering, mathematics topics. And I was f- wondering and hoping if they were going to do that for other fields. Like, okay, maybe I'm agreeing that I'm going to see art and that maybe the rules for that is a little bit different and that the algorithm is... F- creating a feed that's for that. I mean, I wish that we could have that on every platform, but I hope that they make that so that we can not get harmed as much. I've also noticed that on Instagram, if you have very clear bio with um, with your artist say, saying, I am an artist in the bio and what you do, and you have a very clear mission statement and you have photos of yourself doing art, like creating, painting... If you have things like that, I've noticed that people get flagged less because maybe someone like whoever is flagging it, because it's not, you know, no one's sitting and like debating like if it's okay or not. It's usually just taken down the moment anything anyone reports anything. So if someone sees your post and they don't take the time to look at your page, you might get flagged. But if they go to your page and they think, oh, it's an artist, then most people will like put that to the side. And a lot of the times, the the AI also can help distinguish who's an artist because when you put artists in your bio, you tend to be treated a little bit differently because there are different interests that are listed on your Instagram page. So that's interesting that Instagram has been really nice to you and that your page is, is set up in that way too. That's very interesting to me. I feel like it's, it's anxiety inducing and I wish that no one had to go through it. I wish we could just make an app that was for all artists and that it was yeah. popping and it was easy to post on it. Uh, I mean, I guess that's what Patreons for. It,
1: yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. It's it's a time old thing though, right? Like people have been trying to censor artists since the dawn of art um, yeah. and it's it will always be this way and there, there will always have to be some sort of pushback from the artistic community. And I think yeah. we're at a like pretty good place in the world when it comes to art, like no one questions art. Um, the the idea that artists are allowed to make art no matter what the art says, at least not right. as much anymore. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for yeah. Show show your art and like if you have something sensitive, it's good to keep that in a place that you own so that you're not, you know, feeling bad about like, oh, I'm in trouble or I'm posting like the people who own the platforms are gonna do whatever, but like having a place that you own that and having shows like that's where I would spend my time being excited about showing that because that can make you feel like you have more control over what happens and I love the posts that you have about talking about like imposter syndrome and talking about like the anxiety of of recording yourself you talked about that in some of your posts and it made me feel like I was connected to you when you shared those things And I kind of just want to get your feedback or advice on this for other artists, because there are some artists who feel that anxiety and then they don't go past that. They stay in that first phase of, like you, I think you said on one of your videos, my anxiety didn't let me, almost didn't let me do this, of showing this to the audience. And my question for you is, for artists who do not know how to share what's going on inside of them, they don't know how to get past that anxiety stage. What advice do you have for how you get over that to share a video like that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, so every artist is going to deal with imposter syndrome and I am by no way, by no way and means like the authority on this. I am, Hmm. I would say like still an emerging artist, but this is how I deal with it. Um, When it comes to imposter syndrome, I kind of use imposter syndrome logic to get out of imposter syndrome. And what I mean by that is like, If I'm feeling an immense amount of anxiety about um, being an artist, about am I good enough or am I like, is my work even actually relevant? All those questions that pop in your head with imposter syndrome. Um, But Mm -hmm. I still want to make art. Like I still have this nagging voice in the back of my head that says like, hey, you should sit down and paint today or you should draw this or ooh, that would be a cool color to use on this painting, whatever. Whatever that voice is that is like constantly in the back of my head tinkering and wanting to create something. That means I'm an artist and therefore mm. there can't be imposter syndrome because that little voice keeps asking me to create something and I'm an artist. And like, mm. I, this is kind of my like broader view of like art and social media, but I am an artist before I am a content creator. And so there are many times where sometimes the anxiety gets so overwhelming that like it prevents me from actually doing art because mm. I'm anxious about social media And that I just will not allow to happen because I'm an artist before I'm a content creator. So if that, if like being anxious over creating content is stopping you from creating art, then just don't make the content because you're an artist. You're not a content creator. It's cool that you can make content and show it to people. And social media is awesome in like helping you market yourself and helping getting your name out there. But at the end of the day, it's just a tool of the trade. It's not who you are. It's not, it's not like your business, your business is not content creation, your business is making art. Mm -hmm. So if there's, there's times where like, I am too anxious to set up my video and like do a time-lapse of the painting that I'm working on, then that just means I don't do that. I still need to sit down and make the painting that I'm working on because I'm an artist.
0: Yeah. I found that there's a few different levels of anxiety when we're talking about content creation and kind of there's one level that's like I just I just am not doing it and I have anxiety about not doing it and and I haven't worked it into a system to make it work for me and then there's the other side of I I genuinely like am terrified to do a video talking face to face with my camera and that is something I don't feel like I can do and if it's something that is giving you that much anxiety I say there are lots of other ways to get around that to to get around it, which is not doing that and doing something else that's easier that is a lower energy requirement. Or um, you know, doing batch content is sometimes easier. That's kind of more like the first anxiety pool of uh I just don't know how to work it into my system. And that that is really helpful advice, I think. I think everybody should take note of that. What you just said is you can imposter your way out of imposter syndrome. And that it's important to prioritize your work that you're doing and not being a content creator. That is really, really great advice. And I want everybody to remember that, that listens to this, except with the asterisks for those who do plan on making content creator like life a part of their business plan. Like I've had some artists. Yeah, I've had some artists that get really confused about that. I'm like, if you don't feel naturally drawn to be a content creator who creates content about being an artist and that's a part of your business plan, then then no, it's not for you. But some people do, and it's kind of rare. I don't see that very often because content creation is kind of a acquired taste of something to want to do all the time. But for most artists, I say exactly what you said. Prioritize what you're creating and leave everything else to be. Like B, point B, just focus on making things because otherwise like you're not going to have anything to be excited about or to yeah, have I, re-
1: I remember um, back when like TikTok was potentially going to be banned in the US, I like there was this whole, like everyone was kind of freaking out about it. And I was too, I was in the same boat. I was like, man, I make like a lot of money from TikTok. Like at least right. like people seeing my TikToks. Um, but I remember like what got me through it was just being like, you know what? Like there are others. there will be another social media platform. I am not a TikToker. I'm an artist and like I I made a a good following on TikTok of people that love and support my work. I can do that somewhere else. It doesn't I doesn't have to be like right. this isn't the end of me. This isn't who I am. This is just a tool that I'm using and so when I feel like once you can own that it becomes easier and it becomes less daunting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's hard because everybody has a different like amount of attachment to it. Like for me that's where I learned how to show up and show my own face so it's like sentimental to me i felt the same Mm -hmm. way with the ban i was like like i you know i could do this all again but also it feels really sad like you're losing something um and that's that's a part of like these platforms is like we just saw the the new like the three new ones that have come out in the last couple months all competing for each other's attention for your attention and it's like you know we can't control at the moment, we can't control what they're going to make, or what the platforms are going to be based off of, what they're going to what they're going to uh, prioritize or or give um, priority to. If it's going to be artists, or if it's going to be, you know, maybe we're going to have to do like strictly audio. Maybe that's going to be something that becomes bigger. Like we don't know what's going to happen. And the best thing that we can do is just focus on keeping the skills updated, so you can carry them to whatever you want to do. If you want to do all these, you know, marketing tools in your, in your basket, like uh, a newsletter or having a Patreon or having uh, a website, all those things, it matters that you can communicate over video and be able to speak to people. So I think that that's way more important than, than stressing about what kind of platform is going to be out there. But TikTok is great. Yeah, I I
1: agree. I love TikTok. TikTok's been awesome for me. Uh, It's gotten me a lot of like, a lot of followers that I, I don't know. I, I always say that it like it finds an audience for you, which I think is an excellent quality in a social media, mm-hmm. and that like I my paintings have a very specific brand of people that are attracted to them. And like TikTok does an excellent job of finding those specific people for me. And right. I feel like that's like massive when it comes to being an artist, is that the first thing you need to do as an artist and anybody will tell you this is find out who your audience is and TikTok will do that for you.
0: Right. Which is yeah. which is excellent. Mm-hmm. I love the 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 series that you have. I love all the pieces in them. I haven't seen all of them as like a complete series, but I've seen like the photos that you posted of them uh in the gallery spaces. What what is your favorite piece from that? Because I think that is a a way better question than anything else I can ask is what is your what was your favorite piece from that to make like is there a staple piece that's like the head piece
1: yeah that's a good question I've gone I've I've changed that answer several times over the past year and a half Uh, Mm -hmm. right now where I'm at and I feel like it's probably a fluid question Um, there's one piece that I really love that honestly has like very little fan favoritism to it meaning that like it, it's not I, I don't think it's like other people's favorite but it's my particular favorite it's just called dishes it was one of the like final pieces I did of the series and mm-hmm. it's a very simple pose of just um me doing dishes in like a white t-shirt and my wife is like coming up behind me and just kind of giving me a hug from behind and it's just a very sweet moment mm-hmm. that's my favorite painting but it's mostly my favorite painting because um it came together exactly how I envisioned it and that doesn't always happen
0: <laughs> no, like, doesn't. <laughs>
1: like you have a vision for a painting and then you have to like go through several motions of like eh, it didn't it's not quite doing this or this color is not working exactly how I thought it would uh, right. so I'm changing to this but this one was like all right I'm going to use this color background there's going to be these colors in the pieces and I'm going to have this color highlight I'm going to try something new I tried like dawn dish soap bubbles to like try mm-hmm. to get a bubbly effect which is something I've never done and it all just came together flawlessly wow. in a way that I was like this is this is excellent and and I, it's one of my favorite pieces because it also describes um my wife's and I's relationship in a really nice way like we spend a lot of time in the kitchen together it's like a staple of our relationship we cook together every night or we try to and we always clean up the kitchen afterwards and that's like yeah there's a lot of intimacy in that and and no one's clothes came off for that
0: I love that. That's so good. That is the opposite of how I view cooking. I want to solitude because I'm so embarrassed by what happens. <laughs> I'm like this. It was supposed to be a berry cobbler, but now it's like berry waffle topping cobbler. I don't because it's just not good. But I love that so much. I love that painting. I'm gonna go look at that one again because I love asking what the favorite piece is. Yeah, I, would love- I think
1: I think my biggest thing that I found throughout this series was like, you know. It's, it's called the intimacy series and it's about me exploring like what intimacy means to me. And like yeah. the longer I went through the series, the more I found that actually intimacy has very little to do with sex in my life, mm-hmm. at least. Like obviously that's sex is important and some of the risque art is uh, what has made my name in the business. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: what I learned from the whole series and I think that that is an important thing as an artist is when you are doing a series, then you should be like asking yourself questions um, throughout mm-hmm. it it was that like actually the most intimate moments in my life had nothing to do with sex or eroticism. They were all like very either right. like hard moments or simple moments or sweet moments. And those were like really intimate.
0: Right. Well, it's like the moment after you like lose your mind and yell at someone or like you, have, you like have a breakdown or like even like silence, like a lot of conversations or things that I thought about when I was looking at your pieces is like, the moments before and after those like when you disclose a part of you that's very uncomfortable to disclose that's what I thought about when I looked at a lot of your pieces was those moments and just a lot of like silent understanding moments of like you're you're evolving as a person and like it's very uncomfortable to to evolve alongside someone else it's it's very beautiful though and I love I love your entire series how you did it I would love for you to tell us how we can find you and find the series and if we're if anyone's in Washington how they can or where they can go see you to go see the work do you have anywhere that you want to send people to go see all that
1: yeah uh so social media wise uh you can find me on Instagram it's just Jacoby Hinton art um TikTok is just Jacoby Hinton too I don't know why they wouldn't let me have the art so it's just <laughs> Jacoby Hinton too um yeah. and then I, I also have a website JacobyHintonArt.com. Uh, right now i do have some work that's going to be up till the middle of august in jet city labs which is in west seattle which is a really cool space that i found when i was like searching for a um, place to do the show and they have this really cool thing where they're just an open space for like a blank canvas for creatives in their community Mm
0: -hmm. Um, so
1: they do like art walks through there they do um they have like business meetings and stuff in there they'll have like parties private parties and things in like that but um mm. recently they've started doing this thing where they're trying to keep a rotation of artists exhibiting throughout the month mm. um and so i'm like one of the founding artists that's helping to drive that so yeah i'll have that's some work awesome. up in jet city labs west seattle
0: that's till amazing. august 14th please go check it out if anyone is up there i know there's a few i'm not gonna call people out but go do it. <laughs> go, go check it out. Thank you so much for your time and all your thoughts. Those were golden tips. I really appreciate everything that you gave. All of the advice was amazing.
1: Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. It was great to talk to you.
0: Thank you for spending time with me today. You can submit questions and apply to be on the podcast or just chat with us on our Discord server by visiting me on Instagram or TikTok and searching for the name Hanalah, H-A-N-N-A-L-A-H, and then clicking on the link in my bio. Please make sure to leave us a review. It helps me so much to connect with more brilliant artists and creatives. I can't wait to talk to you all again soon.